0: Hello and welcome to the worst bestsellers, but queer or queerer than usual. Uh, This is a periodic special installment we do of worst bestsellers where I gather some of my other queer friends to dip further into particularly egregiously bad books. Uh, You may recall that we had the lovely and talented Kelly Sue DeConnick on the show last spring to discuss Having It All by Helen Gurley Brown. Uh, it was groundbreaking in its time, but it didn't age real well, uh, especially in regards to the way that it handled queer representation. Uh, the episode you're about to hear is a conversation that we had about a couple chapters in particular, kind of a deeper dive into it from a queer perspective. We'll be back with a normal episode in two weeks where we'll discuss The Thorn Birds by Colleen McCullough, And in the meantime, please enjoy this queer examination of Having It All by Helen Gurley Brown. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to The Worst Bestsellers, where we read about how to get a man so you don't have to. <laughs> I'm Kate, and this is a special follow-up episode about Having It All by Helen Gurley Brown from a Queer Perspective. Joining me to discuss this poorly aged, cishet, white lady advice are Ren, a bisexual unicorn burger, and unqualified lesbian Laura. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining me, guys.
1: Oh my god, I'm back again.
0: (laughs) It's almost like these books give you a lot of angry feelings about their treatment of people who aren't cis, het, white folks.
2: Oh, there's just so much.
0: <laughs> there is, there is, there is a lot, there's a lot in this one. But before we super dive into it, just a little bit of background on this. I'm assuming that anyone listening to this has listened to the previous episode. Uh, if you haven't, you should probably pause this and go do that, because some of this might not make sense without the full context Essentially, uh, the reason that I wanted to do this follow up is because as we discussed kind of in depth in the last episode that was about this book, this was a book that when it came out in the early 80s was very revolutionary to a lot of women, you know, street women mostly white women, but it was the, the way that it, it dealt so cavalierly with sex and premarital sex and women being in charge of their bodies and abortion and all of that was very, it was, it was very groundbreaking. It was very new to the time period, you know, which is great in the 80s. It is 2018. And this is a book that says that bisexual people don't exist. So
1: Hi, hello, I'm a ghost, <laughs> I'm not really here on the recording.
0: <laughs> it's a little problematic, Wait. so I, I do want to make sure that we have this this grounding in, you know, okay, well this is, th- this was an important book 30 years ago, or whatever, but that doesn't mean that it it is not bad now, I guess. Mm. Or bad then.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah some of these takes were bad then, I would posit. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I mean, it's one of those things, too, that where it's like, you can, something can be really good on one axis and not, one good on one axis, but not good on other axes. And, you know, this is, this is sort of where, where that falls in, I think, you know, because it was, it was bad then. Lesbians and bisexual people did exist in the early 1980s. Like, they, they were not imaginary. (laughs) And they were, you know, the, those people were incredibly underserved by this book when all of the, you know, straight women were finding this very liberating. And that the fact that it, it was liberating to one segment of the population doesn't cross out the fact that it was the same old shit to everyone else. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry I made you read this. <laughs> Tell me your I'm feelings. Nice,
1: I'm a glutton for punishment. I keep signing up to read this shit.
0: You do. Um.
2: (laughs) I regretted signing up for this almost immediately. (laughs) Because I realized how disjointed so much of it is. It's like she just has a series of sort of headings. And with like whatever her thoughts are on that topic. Like the bisexual Mm -hmm. heading. Mm -hmm. Why is that even Mm -hmm. there? It comes out of nowhere. And it goes nowhere.
0: Yeah, it's Renata referred to it. I I should say, everyone listening to this has listened to the episode that, that came before this, probably. Ren and Laura have not actually listened to it because it hasn't come out yet. But yeah, that is Renata in the, the when we were recording the first episode, likened it to a series of Cosmo articles and quizzes stapled <laughs> together into a book.
1: Yes, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I think I said this in the chat, but and I meant to actually look it up and see if they modeled this character after Helen Gurley Brown. But like, I think that I think I said this in the chat, but she reads so much to me like Tony Collette's character in Velvet Goldmine, Mandy Slade. That I like, I literally read the whole thing in her weird like faux Brit accent that she does for Velvet Goldmine. Like it was just the constant name dropping of these famous fabulous places, darling. Was so much. It was just so much, and I now I think I fully understand what the kids mean when they say that someone is extra. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's very extra. She's undeniably extra. (laughs) Just too much. Yeah, like this entire the I, I i didn't read the whole thing we just read these two chapters on love and sex but like i know that just because gender is a performance doesn't mean it's not real to all of us but like holy shit this was like five acts of a wagner opera levels of performance <laughs> oh my god and I, and I don't know how anybody could
2: live this way <laughs> like, yeah it just all seems so staged and fakey But she also, like, explicitly says in points that you should not reveal your real feelings unless you get, or until you get married to someone, that it should be all fakery until
1: that point. Right, but even then, the game isn't up, because, like... You can just continue to, like, have affairs, and your husband will continue to have affairs. And, like, I want to be super clear (laughs) from the start. Like, I don't care who you bone down with or how you bone down or if you bone down because, like, that's none of my business. But, like, if a lady wants to bone down with other willing individuals of any gender, like, get it. Get it, girl. But, like, Mm -hmm. holy cats, there's a lot of infidelity being promoted in this book. And, like, yeah. As as a queer person. Like, how many times have I heard from from other people, like, both queer and straight, like, especially about bisexuality, like, oh, bisexuals just want to sleep around, we'll sleep with anything, we're unfaithful, you can't be in a relationship with a bi person because they'll just cheat on you, like, I mean, I just kind of read this and I was like, here's this recommendation for straight women to just go out and do all of that, and I just wanted to, like, wave this book around and be like, I guess with apologies to Shaggy, sing a very gay version of it <laughs> wasn't <with> me, like... <laughs> like just what so
2: much cheating oh. oh yeah well cheating and like very explicit suggestions that um married men are great boyfriends yeah except on tuesday nights uh yes because she'll he'll have to go find <laughs> yeah saturday nights you'll have you'll be alone on saturdays and you can't bring him as a date to a wedding
1: and you know yeah. but that's really about it Tuesday, he might have to leave before dinner, so you might just, you know, get it on and he has to go. Like, what the uh-huh. fuck? Is this? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. And, like, there's
2: aspects of this book that I can see how they would have been, like, liberating. And, like, I do kind of like her approach to, like, friendly sex. And, like, there are different yeah. levels of people that you have that you'll be into. And, like, I thought some of that was actually, like, I could see how. To a woman who had been raised in a more uh, puritanical sort of setting who would never gotten a message like that before, that would be kind of, like, mind-blowing. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, but then I, there's just so much other stuff in here that it's all packaged together with.
1: Yeah, it's weird because, like, I I grew up, I'm, I'm from the same state as Helen Gurley Brown, and so we, I've got my bisexual rage out of the way. I guess let me also get my Arkansan rage out of the way and just say, like... <laughs> Bless her heart, what in the world was she thinking telling that amusing amusing anecdote about oh. her, her uncle?
0: Oh my god. <laughs> like
1: Arkansas has taken enough for the team on the incest front, y'all. Like, <laughs> we have just taken enough for the team. We don't need to take any more. And as a, as a uh. queer aside, uh, Carroll County is where that town is, and that is also the place where we have the most openly queer city in Arkansas, so take that as you will. I suppose just as we're doing a a queer reading. <laughs> Like she's a stone's throw (laughs) in that anecdote from the gayest city in my state, but like, yeah, what the hell was that about?
0: Oh my god!
1: (laughs) I sat like full back from my computer and I just like, (laughs) holy shit!
2: Kate gave us her uh, scan copy of the of what she had already read, and it just says next to that, what? What? (laughs) Which was also my reaction, (laughs) like, what? Why this? was my reaction? <laughs> Why this? Why is this, be- Why is this being told to us as a amusing anecdote? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, but like, I mean, that said, like, I do, like, I come from, I come from the state, the same state, and I, I understand the same kind of like Southern church purity culture that she must have grown up in because it was still very much alive and well, regardless of her efforts with this book to, to do it in. Um, when I was grown up, and so yeah, I can, abs- I agree with you, Laura. I can actually absolutely see how mind-blowing and liberating that would be to women who grew up in the same sort of weird culture that I grew up in, where you don't have agency over your own body, and there's this weird, like, duality between needing to be attractive for men at all times, but also never doing anything about it, because that makes you slutty and wrong, and so, yeah, I can see how this would be great for some people, but I just feel like (laughs) it was also a fucking trip from start to finish
0: (laughs) yeah and I I think part of like part of what what made this book difficult for me to read besides the fact that it was like a little tiny font on those big pages and took forever (laughs) was that it is like sometimes I read something that's so foreign to me that I can't You know, because sometimes I'll read something that's so foreign to me that is very clearly written by someone who wants me to understand what the experience is like, and writes it in such a way that I can, you know, understand. Like, oh, okay, like, I've never felt that way before, but the way you're describing it, like, I can see what you were going through. And sometimes something like this comes along, where she's writing about something that is so foreign to me that she assumes that I'm familiar with. like.
2: Oh yeah, that's exactly how I felt. mm -hmm. Like, what? Why is she acting like I should understand what she's talking about? And like at many points, I could not tell if she was serious or not.
1: Yeah, the whole kept woman chapter. I was like, this is tongue in cheek, right? (laughs) I can't tell. (laughs) I can't like, but it's not. I don't think. Um, (sighs) I I think that she's being as sincere as it was possible for her to be, um, which is bizarre. Um, Yeah, I was just. I feel like I live through the looking glass in our current political reality anyway. And this book was another sensation, not unlike that for me in many ways, because there mm. just wasn't anybody like us in this book yeah. like, at all, except for the part where she explicitly wrote me out of the book.
2: Yes. So well, yeah. <laughs> I just took a moment to just make you feel bad for no reason.
1: Yeah. Just, I mean, and in in that, in that regard, Thank you, Helen Gurley Brown, for being one up on John Gray, I guess, (laughs) for (laughs) bothering bothering to mention us at all.
0: (laughs) It's a small victory that you've won, I hope. uh, I hope after life you are, you're comforted by this. Oh, oh man. You know, and it's, it's like you were saying, Ren, that like everything in this is about how to get a man. And even though it's not, like, even though there is this, like, liberating factor of it, like, oh, like, you know, get a man for your benefit and then toss him when you're done and you're ready to marry someone good. But just, like, this constant, and I say this as a person who, although I'm very happy being single and I have, like, a really great friends group, I would like to be in a relationship with someone. Like, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, like, I don't understand why people think they need another person. Like, I get it. Like, I get that connection to people and having that kind of companionship is important. But, like, this constant, like, everything you do, every, the way you present yourself, every second of your day should be spent thinking about how you can present yourself in such a way that the men that you want to have sex with will find you attractive. And it just, like, I can't, I can't, my mind can't connect to it.
2: No. It's exhausting. There's also, I feel like, such a, a a coming from a place of insecurity in this book, despite it mm-hmm. having this very like bravado kind of way that she's putting it out there. Because over and over again, she keeps reminding you that as mouse burgers all we have to depend upon is like how we present ourselves, we quote unquote, and like that other people have it better than us, and like we're trying to catch someone, and like they mm-hmm. might escape us. It's mm-hmm. very I. I feel like a lot of the sort of the building blocks of, like, how in the sex chapter are then come out in the love chapter where there's this uh, expectation that you are deeply anxious and feel insecure in your relationships, that you're convinced that the man is, like, doesn't really love you, probably because you've been sort of presenting a friend the whole time. And that he (laughs) wants... Because he doesn't know who the fuck you are because you're faking it because you right. think he'll Constantly. be attracted to that. Yes, that you're never being honest. That just sounds um,
0: exhausting.
1: I just, That's I wanted just to, perfect. like, take this and hand her, like, a copy of Come As You Are and just say, here, read this <laughs> instead. <laughs>
2: um, this <laughs> oh, a man, I was going to recommend Come As You Are.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought about it a lot as I was reading the sex chapter because I was just like, man, get Dr. Emily on this shit. Like, this is uh, terrible. Okay. I mean, I was you just...
2: Ew. there's one part in the sex chapter which I wrote, like, I was like, awful, I hate this, which I think was like, <laughs> maybe the worst part of the everything that we read that I really want to get into, which is the part where she goes, she, she starts talking about like, well, what if you don't want to have sex? Mm, should you oh, not have yeah. sex? You should probably have sex because you don't have a lot going on, you know, and it's it's, and she says this thing about how like sex is your specialty because she's, you know, like part of her 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 like advice to the mouse burger is like, you know, be sexy, be confident in your sex and being good in bed. But then because that is how you have gotten this man, therefore, you can never say no without like Risking losing him because that's your specialty, quote unquote, and that is like why he's what he's there for. It's just such an
1: awful, yeah, and baby. and I felt like. Ugh. In comparison to come as you are, because I feel like she talks about that in come as you are too, but she talks about it. She talks about like lemonade sex, I think is how she puts it. Like, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a lack of consent. It's just so like, hey, you know what, my partner's into this and I'm cool with it. Like, this is, this is great. Like, and it's not like a, I don't want to have sex. But, like, it was just a different way to, to take that. And I was like, this is yeah. much better. This is a much better take than Helen Girly Brown's so- take. Rather than
2: coming from a place of, like, I better do this or else I could com- I could risk this relationship. Right. But, and it's, like, like, I thought the whole point of this is that we're supposed to be, like, having sex and having fun because that's what we want to do. Not that we're supposed to be, like, forcing ourselves to go through sexual experiences we don't want. <laughs> like For I a think, man. Yeah. Yeah, for a dude. Like, from, if we're so liberated, shouldn't we be like, oh, fuck this and just throw him out? I, like...
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, and I, I was, like... I, I can too. Like there I and I think we all we all have had those times where it's like I've been with a person who was really into a thing that I wasn't into and it was not like particularly doing it anything for me, but I knew it was important to them and I never like felt like I had to or like I couldn't say no, but it was like mm-hmm. something that I wanted to do to make her happy, you know, because like, and sometimes she would do things that she wasn't like super into, because I liked them. And like that, I feel like that's like a whole different animal than like, tell him you have the flu if you really don't want to have sex. But if he pushes it, you should probably do it anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was so excited at first to see that there was actually at least a piece in here that dealt with masturbation because I was like, okay, yeah, if this is supposed to be like women getting in touch with their bodies and all of this stuff, like, yes, absolutely, let's talk about masturbation. But it was very much a, you may need to make sure that you masturbate regularly so that you don't get rusty about sex so that when a man does finally want to bone you, you're ready.
2: And I was like, no, that's not why I masturbate. Uh, That's not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes that part also no. is the part where i believe she says if you don't have if you don't keep having sex you'll get brittle prissy gray and defeminized yes
0: so <laughs> 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 what?
2: if you don't keep having sex you'll just dry up and pick up a bag of phones and then no one will want you that's, that's
0: how that works <laughs> definitely i'm sure that a doctor would agree oh man well, and
1: that, that made me sad too. I was just like man we really suck about like women's health and women's sexual health like even today like oh, there's yes. still not as much research as there should be and I'm sure that there wasn't at the time either as much of it as she cites in her book which is interesting oh speaking of citations I also particularly loved in the love chapter where she cited that there were like 4 million homosexuals
2: what was that? <laughs> and what was it like 15 million with
1: tendencies, with tendencies where are you getting this statistic Helen? where are you getting this (laughs) we don't track that shit on the census like what what the fuck
0: oh god
1: i struggle still because of the culture that i grew up with which was similar to the culture she grew up with with like owning my own intelligence and my thoughts or whatever so i was like this isn't a gay thing it's just a lady thing i guess a smart lady thing but i got like irrationally angry at her when she said that you should play along and pretend to enjoy when your man wants to talk about the Salt 2 talks because they're the most boring (laughs) things you could ever talk about and I was like it isn't boring and you should care about arms control too Helen
2: (laughs) 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 (sighs) Helen does not care about arms control
0: no she doesn't Uh. it made me think too because when I was first reading this it was right around the time that there was that article that came out that was making the rounds on the internet. And I can't remember what it's called now. And I like just tried to Google it on my phone and of course couldn't find it. I think it's in my Tumblr links, like somewhere, but it was like the, the pain that women have for men's pleasure or something Mm -hmm. was the title of the article.
2: Yeah. I thought about
0: that a lot while I was reading this. Mm -hmm. You know, all this time has passed and nothing has changed. I mean, some things have changed. Some, some things have changed not enough has changed oh mm-hmm. god the yeah. straights what is up with the straights I don't know I this just read the this whole of, thing like straight people this is okay? the kind
2: of book that makes me really feel worried about my straight friends like I want to go <laughs> yeah. up to them and be like you don't believe these
1: things do you <laughs> <laughs> Like, you don't you don't need to think that you need to hang yourself by your toes from the third floor of the Chateau Marmont to get a man's attention, what? because she what? literally says that in the book. Oh. Like, please tell me you don't think you need to do that. There are <laughs> so many strange, strange metaphors in this book. My favorite part, unquestionably, was where to meet a man, and the alcoholic office oh just really fucking did me in. Yeah. <laughs> not just Alcoholic Anonymous but she thinks it's a really good one like one of the best on the list just go as a visitor yeah yeah just go as a visitor it's fine it's fine it's 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 just it's Anonymous is literally in the name but you're definitely going to get a man (laughs) <laughs> uh another weird section that was one of my favorite parts is where she's listing like gifts that
2: you can give to like a lover to show how much you how much you enjoyed yourself and like the list is really strange crap I'm trying to find it in my
1: copy um, that yeah, I have here there was a part looking- about. Is that the part where she talked about giving her husband the Cartier diamond cufflinks, and he gave her like something shitty, oh, and she got mad? Pearls. and she was super <laughs> mad because she he tipped
2: better or something. Yeah, oh my yeah God. What an better. insane! Uh, there's so much scorekeeping in this book, and like it being all about like like power and who's got more power than the other person, and who loves the other person more, and which one of you has won up. Um, oh, I found it. God. Uh, you might want to give him some small object to art from your apartment. A small brass lion because he's a lion. A paper mache knight on horseback
0: because the knight reminds you of him. What? I, I'm so worried about I, straight I had, women, guys.
2: <laughs> if I had sex with someone and as I left, they handed me a small brass lion, I should be
1: so
0: confused. <laughs> I mean, I'd also, like, admittedly, I'd also be kind of into it, but not for the reasons that I think she's implying. I would just be like, fucking cool. I I don't know what this is, but I'll lean into it.
2: <laughs> I just wanted you to have a memento, and I grabbed randomly off my shelf for you.
1: <laughs> no, Erin, like, so many things. Like, What was it? Like, anything that could be monogrammed? So, yes. I mean... Which did not narrow the list down to, Just to be frank.
0: fucking get out a Sharpie and write his initials on everything. It's fine. <laughs> Here's the salad dressing for you because you have a good penis. Oh, <laughs> and I, I spent love a lifetime section... telling you how beautiful it was.
2: Yeah, I love the section like... where she rhapsodizes about P&I. Like, great. I'm glad that you like them so much.
1: Like I mean, I I read a about like men and body issues the other day too, and I you know like I'm thinking about yeah, like that's great. Like, we uh, we should all like talk about. Yeah, I'm like if you're with with somebody, like yeah, sure, like give your time to them and talk about how beautiful all of them is. Like men have issues about that too, just like anybody does. Like that's why feminism is for everyone. <laughs> but like yeah. yeah, that that chapter was still a little bit much. <laughs> oh
2: my God,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah, it was so the much. part
2: about the delicate, rosy, silky satin
0: somehow. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> why are you saying it all <laughs>
2: again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That part was really upsetting to me, Kate. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: And just literally a chapter about how great penises are. Oh, well, I was also just like, she went in on about that section. Um, oh, that was also, <laughs> as a person who does like sleeping with men, I would never ever look at a man and say, I'm just wild about your prick,
0: gorgeous. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if this
1: verse ever came out of my mouth, <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> That my partner's penis would immediately shrivel up. <laughs> I'm that just wild about your brick, darling. Yeah, just wild about it. Like, okay, okay, Helen. Um, li- literally, she also says in that section, like, I'm, I'm just crazy lady about it. Like, literally. What? <laughs> oh, like, God. I've read, read better fanfic than that for sure.
0: I think we yeah. all have.
1: But she also talked about um, how. I think I think it's in the penis section where she talked about like breasts being the same as like genitalia, and I was like, no, 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 accurate. I wish this myth would go away, like, um, because I feel like around the world that's not necessarily true. Um, Yeah, and it's one of the Mm -hmm. which it's one of the arguments that keeps women from swoop feeding in public, right? Because like people are like, oh my god, you can't just have your sex organs out. Well, like they're not, though. Like they have a function. So that made me mad too. Most of this made me mad.
2: Yeah. The penis section is also where she recounts I don't know what the book is she's referencing, but she recounts a story of a somewhat traumatic sexual experience and then responds with, What an odd reaction. Like, yes. how could anyone be unhappy about having a penis thrust in your mouth with no warning? Like, I can no imagine a oh. lot of people would dislike that, oh even God. if they might like
1: penis. Wow. Like I don't, I don't mind that that particular sexual act at all, but I would mind it very much if someone just did it without warning. Yeah. Um, like, no, no, thank you. I don't feel like the person in that
2: passage, the woman, was upset because of the penis. I, no, I, I, don't the context, yeah, I don't think it's the context, Helen. I don't think it's the penis at all. That was the issue. Um, and I don't uh, think she's that not that's real good she... about consent and sexual assault can we say uh, it's not in the section we're talking about but there is a section where she talks about um, sexual harassment and is very dismissive of it being a problem or yeah. something that would ever really upset you so yeah Helen's not super good about any of that
1: I feel yeah. like the, it's the kind of attitude that very much like um, it's like, well you're you're a mouse burger, so you should just be grateful for any attention you get at all kind yes. of yeah, Which is still present and prevalent, and definitely something I grew up with. And I, no, thank you, <laughs> Helen Gurley <Right>. Brown. <laughs> I do not appreciate your contribution. Yeah, but I was just, I mean, I was trying to read this thinking of like, <laughs> just literally none of this would have helped me in my marriage with my wife. Like, <laughs>
2: uh, maybe we I should mean, talk about say. the love section on that note. <laughs> yeah. As, about at what least...
1: to do when you're in love. I mean, at least if I, uh, at least if I give her a brass lion, <laughs> she will just assume it's a Harry Potter reference. I was about to say, herself. please do that. <laughs>
2: so, please do woman. that without telling her why and just see how it goes.
1: <laughs> I've given you this question, my affection, darling. <laughs> I ordered it from Amazon. How dry <laughs> Oh my god, this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, I mean, there was a There was. I guess out of all the love chapter, if we're going to talk about the love chapter, um, like that we we talked, Lori You talked about like this the breakdown of sex, like the friendly sex and magic mm-hmm. sex or whatever being okay, and like the only other okay thing that I flagged in this very long torturous experience was that not all of, but some of her breakup advice was. Okay, especially like I was actually really delighted that she actually recommended therapy. Yes,
2: that was a great moment, especially because you'll probably need therapy after internalizing
1: this. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) I was like trying to picture my therapist reading this, and like just (sighs) more delighted as I went along. But I love that the love chapter goes literally through like falling in love, and by the end of it, you've dumped the guy, and then it goes straight into marriage. Well, and by the end of it, you've
2: dumped. Well, by the end of it, he's cheated on you. You've cheated on him. Right. You've you've (laughs) been dumped.
1: You're a mess, just destroyed. (laughs) And then marriage. Yeah, and then you just get married. So it's fine. Yes. I guess you went to Tiffany's at Christmas time and found yourself a new man. Uh, the Tiffany's
2: the 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 Cufflinks pearl necklace story is insane. <laughs> well, it's not insane. I can understand someone having that reaction. I sort of, I guess, the story of her her husband so she gets her husband some nice cufflinks and then he gets her a pearl necklace and she doesn't think that it was suitably expensive enough and she's devastated. But also because he tipped at a restaurant more than the pearl
1: necklace was worth. Yes. Which I guess, but doesn't that mean that they had a dinner that was very expensive? Yeah. Together? Yeah, that was my, that was like, they clearly shared a very nice dinner together. Yeah, <laughs> so, that was a sort of a gift. That says something, doesn't it? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and I was if like, he I doesn't... mean, if, if he's willing to actually tip too, and like tip in an amount that like. Yeah, that, 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 like, generosity of spirit would go a long way with me on a date, like, a lot farther than pearls, which were, like, definitely, I think, a signifier of status, um, and still are.
2: Her reaction to it is, how could he value the maitre d' more than me? Right. Which is just such a strange reaction. Yeah.
0: It it Um. reminds me of, and I actually, I might have told this story in the previous episode. Full disclosure. When we recorded the previous episode, I was like in the middle of some medication withdrawal, and i don 't remember a lot of what actually went on. <laughs> I had a friend uh after college when I was working at the bookstore who she did like keep track of friendship like that. It was like she had a ledger in her head, and it was like, "Oh well, you know." You came to me, you I went with you to that event and you came to me, came with me to this one, and then I went to the next one with you, and so you can't tell me you don't want to come to my boyfriend's show because you owe me. Or like, well, you know, what? you bought lunch that was twelve dollars and then I bought us breakfast, but that was only eight dollars. And so I bought us oh. breakfast again, but now it's sixteen, so you owe me four dollars. What? And it was I I can't I am imagine exhausted hearing that. Yeah, uh, like I uh, want to do things with you because I like your company, not because like I'm like, well, you know, I gotta I gotta make sure the ledgers even at the end of yeah. the day. Well, and like
2: the stuff that you do for a loved one is not purely based upon monetary value.
0: Yes, uh, I don't know that I could ever if any gift, if, with the exception of something that, like, I was like, oh, like, I saw that at the dollar store, and even then I wouldn't care, but I don't think any gift that someone handed to me, I could then say, like, oh, like, this cost less than the tip at brunch yesterday. Like, I don't fucking know. How do you even know that? How do you know well, that? But
1: what if I, it was a brass lion? Yes. <laughs> that you got after sex. <laughs>
0: What oh, it would be worth it just for the experience of having that brass lion and knowing that she thinks that I'm secretly a lion or something?
1: Does she keep does she keep like a, a stash of them under the
0: bed? Like, <laughs> if she does, I, I like her so much more. Oh wait, hold on, hold on, don't go feel, yet. Though, if you were, wait, hold on, if
2: you were her lover, how would you feel if you went into someone else's office and saw that brass lion?
1: Another one. She (laughs) (laughs) cures. Oh, the drama. (coughs) The intrigue. Well, I mean... Who knows? Maybe those. You know what? That actually kind of sounds like a meet cute for like a fan fiction where two, where the two dudes then get together, like <laughs> because they like uh, meet each other and they're just like, you two had this experience with this breast lion and they discover that they are each other's breast lion. <laughs> and they realize they both have tendencies. Yes, tendencies like the four million other men. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of them. I felt bad, like. I just because so much of this is about like getting married or whatever like I I mean I guess I can't imagine being like a queer woman in the time when this came out knowing that you couldn't get married anyway so even if any of this did apply to you like the ultimate goal was never something you could achieve um and that kind of stood out to me I guess as I was like reading along here like maybe not least because like <laughs> one of the one of the places to meet men was like political campaigns I was, like oh, no sure. <laughs> No,
0: (laughs) And I mean, it must be like any other zeitgeisty thing where like, if all of and I was thought about this a lot for um, Men Are From Mars too, but I don't know if we actually touched upon it. But like, I can't imagine like hearing all of your friends talking about this and how much they relate to it and like how it changed their life Mm. and how great it was. Mm. And like picking it up and being like, oh, like this literally was not meant for me
1: yeah it was a really weird um, experience to like cause I, I, we, we were chatting um, about the origin of the term mouseburger and one of the things that I did mm-hmm. like I I had googled it and a bunch of articles came up immediately um, like editorials from a lot of women who were like thanking her for all of like for the work that she'd done basically and how she like changed their lives or their mother's lives or their aunt's lives or whatever and I was just reading these editorials like really okay
2: um (laughs) well and what's what's weird to me is that i feel like even in relationship books that i have read that are very heterocentric i can usually still generalize and maybe take some advice out of it but the way that this is the just it's all of the gender roles and stuff in it are so foreign and like upsetting in a, in a like what way that I just can't, I, it's so, it feels like it's coming from a very, like another planet. Like it's an alien advice book about alien sex and love.
0: Like perhaps from Venus.
1: Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's built on heteronormativity and gender roles though like i mean if you took that away there there wouldn't be a book it would just collapse in on itself um and i do think it's unusual in that regard because i feel that way too like usually i can at least there's some commonality you know like because i know straight people are from another planet but like <laughs> the planet is adjacent enough to my planet that i can kind of wave as we pass by every once in a while and we we have a few you know we have some some points of commonality from being human beings but this was just like no. <laughs>
0: and it's also the like, shut. it's telling because kind of like I was saying before about like having all your friends say like, oh, and then not being able to see yourself in it. We're sort of trained by society to look for those commonalities and, you know, grasp for that thing that we can relate to because we can't relate to it as a whole. So either the answer is like completely shutting yourself off from things or finding like that one morsel that you can grasp onto. And to read, because I read the whole fucking thing, to read like 400 pages and be Mm -hmm. like, oh, that one part where she lists the five types of sex was pretty good.
1: And that's it. I'm glad she recommended therapy because I will be talking about this in therapy tomorrow. (laughs) That's it. Um, Uh,
0: Any final thoughts so we can uh, wrap this one up? I think the best
2: part of this were the really long lists of, like, the Cosmo lists of, like, where to have sex or where to find a man. Those were the funniest (laughs) parts. Maybe not intentionally. I I couldn't tell if they were supposed to be funny or not, but I enjoyed them. On a pool
1: table, in a handsome (laughs) (laughs) cab riding through Central Park. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) I will say, like, yeah, I guess as a a queer person, like, queer people, too, can fuck in all those places. So, uh... yeah. There's That's, your most Yeah, I could connect with that. I have never done
2: it in a Hanson cab, but
1: yeah, I have never, I have never done it on the Michelangelo's top deck or in a co-ed John at the Citibank in Paris. But if I, <laughs> if my wife and I go on vacation, I'll be sure to let you know.
2: My favorite on that list was Edgar Allan Poe's bed at the University of Virginia. Yes! I have my doubts. You are so allowed to sleep in that bed. So
1: well, because those were crowdsourced, so I'm like, someone has fucked on that bed. Like, that's what that means. Well, it means someone has had sex on that bed. Well, can you think of a more romantic bed to buck on than Edgar Allan Poe's? I mean, I don't know. The pilot's compartment of the Goodyear blimp is also on this list. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe,
2: say, in a canoe.
1: a bed of pine needles in a pine forest in a sleeping bag while waiting in line for the Kentucky Derby <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> on
1: the chair lip that's Fail. it's okay fellow queer people you too can fuck in a sailboat or on a pool table oh my <laughs> god <laughs> and if you're ace I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry yep. about all of it <laughs> oh i'm really sorry to everyone honestly yeah Yeah, on behalf of my entire state i apologize for this book
0: (laughs) well i feel like we've pretty much torn that to shreds and set it on fire with our minds if people Mm -hmm. are looking for you ladies elsewhere on the internet where can they find you
1: you can find me, Ren, at Ren Parker, Ren like the bird, W-R-E-N Parker, um, on the Twitter. And I also will self-promote myself and say that my wife and my brother and my best friend and I do a and d podcast where we try to figure out how D&D works. And it's at Ready to Roll Pod. You can follow us there and find us wherever podcasts are. Oh, nice. I do not
2: have a podcast, but uh, if you'd like to hear more from me, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Cygnat, C Y N G A U T.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for reading (laughs) this Yeah, thanks for making us read it.
1: You're welcome. I'll read it. It was fun. It was fun.
0: (laughs) I would not go that. What I'm here for is making people read trash.
2: issue of cosmo i've
0: ever read
1: yes yes it was
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh have a good night listeners (laughs) bye